Hey, everybody, and welcome to the very first ever Christmas episode of Speak Plainly with me, your host, Owl Medicine. Since this week is the build-up to Christmas week, I figured I'd talk a little bit about Christmas. Um, there's a ton of conversations happening about Christmas, which is why I originally was like, no, I'm not going to talk about Christmas. But... I decided it's important because like nobody can really get away from it, including myself. And this year I'm actually really excited that I'm not getting away from it. I put a lot of effort into making sure that I invested in Christmas this year and that I was going to enjoy it one way or another. Like most people, I have good memories and bad memories about Christmas. I have some really, really magical, wonderful, made-for-TV Hallmark movie memories about Christmas. And I have some equally terrible, like, fuck-my-life, also, like, made-for-lifetime original television type (laughs) Christmases. For those of you that don't know what Lifetime is, that's basically where you turn on TV to watch usually women getting beaten and abused they're always sad but they're fantastic movies so since i've got good and i've got bad i have to recognize something that because i'm a living biological being my brain prefers to focus on the bad because it still thinks somehow in 2021 that like focusing on all the negative things all the time is somehow going to help keep me alive I'm a little bit like annoyed that my programming still thinks that way because it's like been it's been a good while. It's been a good good at least few generations since that's been really really super useful. But at any rate, that's the laws of nature. So I digress. Since there are good memories and there are bad memories, I've been really focusing on choosing what I allow into my life and what I find important because what you find important are the things that you're going to look for the most in your life and that's the things that you will notice the most in your life and I would like to notice all of the beautiful wonderful positive things I fully recognize all of the bad things I don't need any more help understanding how garbage the world is I've lived it. I've breathed it. I know firsthand how terrible this place can be. And I'm not going to waste my life focusing on that. It's been horrible. And I'm over it. I'm over the trash. I'm over the garbage. So I'm going to focus on how great it can be. So for those of you who don't know, my brother died a few days before Christmas in 2007. My grandfather, who was also my father figure, died Thanksgiving of 2007. That was a really crappy year. I spent 2008 extremely drunk. And I wasn't even 21 yet. But that's what happens. So I have horrible memories surrounding Christmas and Thanksgiving and the holidays just in general. But, like I said, I have some absolutely fabulous ones, too. So that's what I'm going to focus on. 
I wanted to share my my favorite fabulous memories with you. My all-time favorite most fabulous memories. There it only happened a handful of times, but it was it was enough that I that I was able to count on it a year or two and it happened where me and my grandma and my father would leave my grandma's house and we'd walk down the three quarter of a mile driveway to my aunt and uncle's house. And my aunt and uncle were and are just like the sweetest people. They are awesome. Just, I mean, good, good salt of the earth people, like the kind of people that other Christians wish they were. That's the kind of people they are. And they are Christian and they're wonderful, wonderful human beings. And so I always loved going over there. Plus, my aunt could really sing. She had a beautiful, round, high, like angelic soprano voice. And so she would sing lead and my father would sing lead mostly because they couldn't carry, uh, they couldn't sing harmony. They couldn't carry a tune doing harmony. So my grandma would sing harmony and I would sing harmony and we'd switch off on who was singing tenor and who was singing alto and I would sing bass. My grandma couldn't quite sing bass. She had a great range, but she couldn't (laughs) sing bass. But she'd sing, she'd sing alto and she'd play the piano while doing it. And this is also when I found out that Christmas music is way harder than most other like hymn type music, which is what we played. Like the only music I could play on the piano. Still, the most of the music that I know how to play on piano is all gospel because that's all I listened to and all I played when I was when I was learning at 18. But she would play and we would sing and we would sing four part harmony and we would just flip through the hymn book and we would find song after song after song, our favorite altar calls, our favorite hymns, our favorite Christmas songs. And we would practice and practice. And my grandma would slap me in the belly and say, sing from your diaphragm. And we, and it was just, it was magic. It was magic. Like, ah. and now she's dead. Um, And I at least got to go see her funeral. But that's what happens. People are alive and they influence you and then they die. And they can choose or you can choose to let them still influence you. Um, Sometimes you don't choose that at all. You know, even after they're dead, they can still influence us. So I have this relationship with with Christmas that I have with many things in my life now. Things that I used to hate that then I forced myself to love or things I loved that then something happened and I hated it. And once you've loved and hated something, loving it or hating it is no longer interesting. And for me, it's got life at life. Like life needs to be interesting. If it's not interesting, I'm not interested. So just loving or hating something isn't interesting to me anymore it's 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 kind of a cop-out now um when you're young enough it's not a cop-out because it is it is how you experience something you experienced christmas it was marvelous it was wonderful it was good it was overall good whatever you decide that you like it it was a terrible experience you decide that you don't like it once you've had like pinnacle both like great and terrible memories loving and hating something doesn't do it anymore it doesn't fit the world is not that black and white and that is 
freaking power to me, man. Like to be able to move through something that you that you that you have loved and that you have hated and to experience it again openly and willingly knowing that there will be wonderful things and that there will be terrible things that's power because that means you're unafraid and that's not to say that i live my life unafraid i live my life as afraid as anybody else i just don't let it win and that's what i love about this christmas now that's what i love about life at this age um, or at this level of awareness, whatever. The things that had really profound impacts on me, if I think carefully, most of them, not all, but most of them have had good and bad influences on me. Um, and which means it's up to me to choose what to expect because now I have conflicting data. Now the data doesn't come across as black, black and white. I have conflicting data and I need to make sense of it. And the only way to make sense of conflicting data or competing data is to run multiple theories. So like that's kind of what I'm doing is I'm running the different theories of what Christmas is for, what it means, the good and the bad, because Christmas is a very real time. For me, when I was homeless, it was very clear that people do become more open and more kind and more receptive and more thoughtful and more giving during Christmas to not just their family members and loved ones, but to complete strangers and homeless people on the streets. It was very clear. You get more presents. You get you like you get presents from people. You get food. You get way more food than you normally do. People go out of their way around this time of year to help out. And that's undeniable, especially having lived through it as a homeless person and not had jack shit and had it given to me by the goodness of complete strangers. There are wonderful things that happen at Christmas. There are also garbage things that happen at Christmas, like the endless consumerism that is destroying the planet. And... According to who you are and what you focus on and what is important to you in your life, you're going to love or hate Christmas according to that or love or hate Christmas according to this other thing. And essentially, that's kind of like being a single issue voter. <laughs> it's basing your decision on one on a very complex, interdependent dynamic and context dependent situation off of one single aspect of the situation and sure that's valid that is totally valid do you boo boo but you're missing a big part of the picture and you might get it later so it's fine don't worry about it too much i'm just very glad that i'm at a place in my life where i'm no longer missing the larger picture of understanding the beauty of the dynamics and the interactions so yeah, lots of good stuff, lots of bad stuff when it comes to Christmas. But here's a new thing. Well, here's a really old thing. <laughs> there was just a few days ago a video that I watched um, that brought up 
a bit of the the Christmas story in a new light to me. And I thought this was really interesting and I wanted to share it with y'all. I don't know about, I don't know the validity of this and nobody else does either because it's, you'd have, you're essentially having to ask historians and theologians and that, and archaeo astronomers and that sort of thing. Um, I'm none of those things. I'm just really interested in cool stuff. And this, I think, is cool. So this, we've all heard that the Christmas story, Jesus and like Santa and all the stuff that we do was all ripped off of the pagans. Well, that's really limited as well. That's kind of like the whole single issue voter thing, because turns out, um, like most of us also know that there were lots and lots of other Jesuses before Jesus. And there were lots of other stories about some dude being born by a virgin around the solstice, dead for a little while, rose again and saved saves the earth for an age. So cool story, bro. Where does it come from? Because what I'm trying to say here is that we didn't steal or that Catholics, Catholicism, Christianity, colonizers, whatever the hell you want to call it, did not steal the Christmas story from pagans because it wasn't just the pagans. It was the pagans and the Buddhists and the Hindus and the Egyptians and like the ancient Serbians and all kinds of groups of people from all over the world with all kinds of languages have almost identical stories from far before white people ever showed up in, in there to colonize them. They have very similar stories about different people throughout different ages that have very weird ties. Because it's like not just not just those things that I, th- those things I previously said, but they're like born of a virgin, and a lot of them were born on December twenty fifth, were dead for three days, and rose again, and like that's 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 the whole thing of Jesus, right? That's like he gave his life for your sins, he died and was dead for three days, and was born again. And rose again. Excuse me. Let me make sure I get that verbiage right because it's important. Died dead for three days and rose again. So Jesus was who? Jesus was, well, the son of God. Okay, well, let's let's change a vowel. Let's flop out the U for an O and look at Jesus as the son, just the regular son. And let's look at what happens during solstice. During solstice, the sun gets lower and lower and lower and lower in the sky over over time coming like going through winter. That's why there's winter. The sun isn't as high to make everything as warm. So the sun gets lower and lower and lower in the horizon. And then it on the solstice, it gets as low as it's going to get on the 21st. And then for three days, it sits still. It's for the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of Christmas, it all sits still. And that's why the 24th is Christmas Eve, and it's very exciting because on Christmas Day, the sun rises. Not Jesus with a U, but um, not Jesus with an O, but Jesus with a U. <laughs> So the sun rises on that third day. It rises on Christmas Day. Does that sound familiar? So let's add another layer of complexity to this. So we've already established like the Jesus died died Jesus is the light of the world. <laughs> So Jesus is the light of the world. He sacrifices himself and he is he's di- he dies 
and is buried for three days. And then he rises again. And that's exactly what happens to the actual sun in the air. Okay, in the sky. So let's add another layer of complexity to this. Let's talk about the three wise men because that's another part of the story that shows up in tons and tons and tons of stories throughout history. So the three wise men are thought to be from, so this is Jesus and the Christmas story as an astrological story and not just like the modern day, but all of these, right? Because there were 40 different Messiah, Savior, Prophet stories that like I found that all fit this same theme. 40 of them from like a, a spread of like 2000 years. So it seems to me that each of these places from different cultures had to have something around them that stimulated this very, very similar story. So there's the sun happening, but these other the, the story of these three kings, these these seekers, these wise seekers, what happens is the three stars of Orion's belt sitting in a line are also called the three kings. They've been called the three kings for thousands of years by astronomers. So those three kings, around mid-August, I think 2021, August 11th, the brightest star in the sky, Sirius, is available to be seen for the first time for a little blip with binoculars. Um, And then I think it was like the 16th of this year, people were first able to notice it in the Northern Hemisphere. I think the, the author I read, he was at about 47, 47 degrees and so he was able to see it about about the 26th of August this year. And that's enough time for some wise men to be like, oh, look, the star's rising in the east. I'm just going to head east. I mean, it's, it's really all just a fable, right? It's a story. But these three wise men are there. And then Sirius, as it rises for the first time, you go, oh, look, that's the brightest star in the sky. And it's being pointed at by these three kings. And so these three kings are are in a procession through the sky moving and when the when the brightest star in the sky Sirius pops up in August it pops up just a little bit in the morning and then the sun comes up and it goes away. And that happens every day for months. But on December 25th Sirius and the three kings are in a perfect line, all four stars pointing exactly at where the sun will rise on December 25th, on Christmas Day. How freaking cool is that? I think that's so freaking cool because like, whoa, dope. That's seriously awesome. Oh, and a random side bit I got from researching this. You've heard the dog days of summer. I did not know that that phrase comes from the stars. Uh, The brightest star in the sky is part of Orion's hunting dog. That serious star is called the dog star because I think it's the nose of Sirius's um, hunting dog. And that's where the term dog days of summer comes from because it shows up at the end of it shows up at the end of the summer and then it gets extra hot. The story used to be that the bright light from Sirius um, joins with the sun and makes the earth even hotter. 
clearly now science has proven that that's not really what happens, but it does get hotter during that time of year. And so that was what was used to explain. So that's where the term dog days of summer came from, which I think is pretty cool. But seeing the Christmas story as a purely like astrological one is awesome. It makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. A lot of what I a lot of what I do is I try to take the time to understand how my experience how um, how my experience can relate to everybody else's and not just my experience, but all experiences, how experiences and lessons and stuff in life is universal. I love exploring the universality of things because there is so much in life that is universal. There is a lot more in life to me that's universal than is not. Um, we just have to find the right perspective and distance from the events and things in order to find how similar they are. But that's what, that's what excited me so much about this. And I really wanted to share it with you guys because I thought this was really cool that the Christmas story was not just like stolen from the pagans by the Catholics, but the pagans, the Catholics, the Buddhists, the Hindus, the ancient Serbians, the, like all, people from all over the world stole the Christmas story and the Jesus story from the sky. I think that's magical. So I hope that this Christmas you guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend that it's filled with so much joy and so much love and that crazy aunt and that obnoxious drunk uncle doesn't give you too much shit. And when they do, you can just laugh it off and be like, uh-huh, that's him again. <laughs> So take care of yourselves. Enjoy your holiday. I know there's so much crap surrounding Christmas and it genuinely can be absolutely awful and is awful in an ecological perspective. But you being mad about how awful it is isn't going to change the world. It's not going to solve the climate crisis. Doing things every single day, year after year, can. But being mad this week won't. So, I love y'all. I really hope that you found this interesting. And stay blessed. Be love. Take it easy, y'all. 